You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It is Monday, May 10th. Uh, appreciate you joining me to start the week. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On 15, get 20% off. Your next order. Hope everyone had a great Mother's Day weekend. Typically on Mondays, I'd have uh, my friend Eric Hughes join us. He does game day production at TCU Baseball. But because uh, he's spending time with his family, his mom for Mother's Day, he worked all weekend. Totally understand that. So it's just going to be me today. And we'll talk a lot of TCU baseball. They dropped two out of three to Texas. I hope all of you had a good Mother's Day weekend. Uh, I'll give a quick shout out to my mom, Debbie Simcox. I don't know if she still listens to this podcast. I know she did at the beginning of the run. But I think she quickly realized that it was every day and it was a lot about TCU sports, and that isn't really her thing. Um, also, shout out to my wife, Kristen. I know she doesn't listen to this podcast because she does not care about sports, and that's okay. Still appreciate her a lot for everything else she does for me and my family. But TCU baseball, they fall to Texas. They drop two out of three. They lost today 9-3. to three. Friday night was a great game. They lost by one run, had a million chances. Uh, left a lot of guys on base, which is unfortunately a trend with this group. Uh, on Saturday, they also left a lot of people on base, but they pitched fantastic. Austin Krobe was great. Um, the, the relief pitching came in and did their job. Halen Green was back. So for any of those that were concerned about maybe him being potentially injured, it appears he is healthy. He did pitch a couple innings on Saturday. They got a victory. Uh, so this series really played out almost exactly – identical to the Tech series. I mean, the the win, the day they won was swapped. Like, it, when they went to Lubbock, they won on Friday night in a good game. Saturday they had a game they could have won, maybe should have won, but couldn't do so. And then Sunday they got shelled. And that's really what happened in this case, too. You know, Friday night um, they had a lot of chances. That's a game they, they probably could have won, but they just couldn't get it done. Saturday they win a, a good game hard-fought game against UT, and then on Sunday, um, they just got whooped in a, in a rubber match. And, of course, a lot of this stems from the fact that Johnny Ray is just really, really struggling. I mean, even against bad teams in this league, he's had tough outings, outings where he doesn't really go more than four or five innings. His best starts this year was his start against Kansas, where he was great. Of course, Kansas is probably the worst team in the Big 12 um, and then he also had a really good start in non-conference against Louisiana. That was when he was coming off COVID. And I felt like Sundays might be a good day for him to settle in because he has good stuff, but it just hasn't worked. And today against UT, let me pull up his numbers real quick. He was not sharp at all. He gave up a couple home runs. Um, he gave up four runs on five hits and two and a third innings. And then, you know, Luke Savage, he battled, but he didn't really have his best stuff. Garrett Wright, Jacob Better took it from there, and they sort of limited the damage. But Texas jumped out in front early and just poured it on. They got out to a 9-0 lead before TCU made it a little more respectable in the bottom of the ninth inning with a three-run home run. But this Sunday starter problem is glaring, and I think it's a real issue. I mean, I just I don't see how you could start Johnny Ray in a Super Regional Game 3 right now. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with the starting pitching in general. Honestly, I didn't think Russell Smith was that great on Friday. Um, I mean, he battled. He gave up two runs in four innings, but that's not what you need from your Friday night starter. I mean, you need a guy that can go seven. And 
He's been dealing with these mechanical issues. You know, that's kept him out of the Kansas series. Um, he didn't look super sharp against Oklahoma State. It's becoming a concerning trend. Now, he's got a couple weekends to figure it out, and I think Russ can do that. But Jim Sloshnagel said after the game today that they're going to make changes to the weekend rotation, and that's going to start with Johnny Ray moving out of that Sunday roll and going to the bullpen. And Drew Davidson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram put that out there, and Drew does a great job on the TCU beat. Uh, that was, you know, his reporting. And I retweeted it, and I said, um, I think Chuck King's going to be the guy that gets the ball, but I wouldn't mind seeing Luke Savage get a run at it. And Drew responded to me and said, Luke Savage is in the mix. So there you go. Intrepid res- reporters respond to my tweets. I don't know if I don't know if Drew listens to Locked On TCU, but I appreciate uh, you know his candor. So Savage is in the mix. I still feel like ultimately it's going to be Charles King, and I mean Chuck's a vet. He's been a starter in the past. I think if you told me before the season he was their number three starter, I'd I'd be pretty excited about that. But. It's been a tough year for Chuck in some ways. I think he's one of their more reliable relievers. I don't know about him going through a lineup two or three times because it really feels like he struggles to put dudes away. I mean, get guys out, you know, get swing and misses. Um, it, it really seems like guys, when they when they get to two strikes on him, they're able to foul it off, foul it off, foul it off, and then barrel one up and straighten that out and get base hits. Now, I don't know if Savage has the stuff to be a weekend starter. He's done a really nice job on Tuesday nights. Um, he's a freshman that they originally planned on redshirting, and then you know they decided because they had had such consistency issues on Tuesdays, let's let this guy throw, and he's done a nice job. He did a good job in relief um, when he went up against West Virginia last weekend, and today, I mean, he wasn't great, but – he kind of hung in there and, and gave him some innings on a on a afternoon where they needed it. I'm not sure how he would do as a starter, but I wouldn't mind giving him a go. I, I just I think you know what you're going to get with Charles King and against really good competition. I'm not sure he can keep teams off balance enough to get the job done and get through five or six innings. But you're you're running out of time here. I mean, you got a couple regular season weekend series left. And by the way, if you're wondering like what is you know, what's the situation now they lost two out of three to Texas in the Big Twelve standings, they're still in first place. They only have a one game lead. Uh neither team plays a conference series this weekend. Texas, I believe, is taking the weekend off. TCU is playing Louisiana Monroe. And then in the last week of the season, Texas plays West Virginia. TCU plays Kansas State. And I mean they're probably gonna have to sweep Kansas State to win the Big 12 outright, um, I, I just most likely. Maybe West Virginia gets one game against UT, but that's a good team. Yeah, that's a really good team that came into Lupton this weekend and took two out of three from the Frogs. Well, let's continue the conversation about the pitching staff, and then I want to get into the lineup, which really kind of disappeared as well this weekend. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for a way to make some extra cash and make some extra money, I understand that wholeheartedly. Um, and if you've ever been curious about the world of wagering and sports gambling, then BetOnline.ag is the perfect way to dip your toe in those waters. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, he's been doing it for years. He has all the latest lines and the advice you need for betting on the NBA, Major League Baseball. Uh, He's really into the 
fight world, like boxing and UFC. So as those fights come up, make sure you're plugged into betonline.ag. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 20% sign-up bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Try it today. Back here on Locked on Horn Frog, segment number two, and, and let's continue this conversation on the pitching staff and how they're mixing things up. So I ultimately think it's going to be Charles King. I would love to see Luke get a start on the weekend before the season's over, but I also realize you're kind of running out of time here. I mean, you got a regional coming up in a few weeks, and you need to know who your one, two, and three guys are, but it, it's not going to be Johnny Ray, or at least it appears that way. Now, as far as Johnny goes, him moving to the bullpen – um, you know, it's another arm there. I think part of me is excited because he does have the ability to throw hard. And, you know, if he's throwing strikes, I think he can be a good change of pace. But even today, I mean, the thing about Johnny is it's not like he's getting through a couple innings unscathed and guys aren't really hitting the ball hard and then as the game progresses he just really starts to struggle he's walking hitters I mean today you know he walks the leadoff batter and then he gets a double play I mean a gift of a double play hard hit ball but they turn it so now two outs nobody on bases are clear like great opportunity to get out of the first inning unscathed and then he just gives up I mean he hangs a breaking ball in the center of the plate and Zubia Zach Zubia just shoots it to the moon, and all of a sudden it's one nothing. Uh, you know, he gives up a bomb in the second inning too, and now it's three nothing. And like that—that's just—he was just getting hit. Like he was just getting hit hard from the jump today. So I would feel better about him moving to the pen if he was a guy that you know, in the third, in the fourth inning, in the fifth inning, things really started to snowball on him, and guys started to get a feel for what he was doing. But that hasn't been the case. However, maybe a change of scenery will be good for him. Maybe this will get that fire going, get that hunger going. Um, I know he wants to be good. Like, I get it. He wants to be great. I'm not questioning the guy's heart or desire. I just – two starts in big situations this year against Tech and Texas where you've needed a victory to win a series and he's just gone out there and not even been competitive. And that's super disappointing. I mean, this team should be better than that. Now, let's talk about this lineup, too, because that was, I mean, that was equally an issue. And Gene Wood and Hunter Wolf both uh, were out the last two games of the series. Gene Wood was actually really out from, like, the third inning of, of Friday night. He slid into the bag. He was um, chased back to the bag on a pickoff, and he slid in awkwardly to first base and messed up uh, what looked like a leg or a knee, and he didn't return to the lineup after the next half inning. Hunter Wolf was trying to leg out an infield single, and he pulled up a little bit, stayed in the game, but then he was not available on Saturday and Sunday, and you need both those guys in the lineup. I mean, it's obvious, especially when you're going up against a good pitching staff at Texas, you need those players hitting the ball. Um, I really think at this point, like I hate to say it, I, I don't know why Luke Boyers is still hitting even at the bottom of the lineup. I mean, he's just not hes just not giving you good at bats. He's not. Um, Leadoff-wise, Elijah Nunez, it, it was it was a struggle again. He ate, Porter Brown actually led off on Saturday and Sunday and kind of gave that position some juice. But I, I want to see more of Porter Brown. I actually thought Connor Shepard did a nice job in relief, even though he had a, 
a really tough at bat in the ninth inning on Friday. Um, I think he came in off the bench and, and give, he's able to give you some pop. But they need Wolf back. They need Wood back. And I really – I'm not sure how you manipulate the lineup to get Brown in there and move Boyers out. But I just I, – I think you're, you're losing it at bat when you have Luke Boyers in the lineup right now. It's just not – he just hasn't been effective. And I hate that for him. He's a young kid. He's been very good. I think he's going to be a really good player for this team. But it just wasn't in the cards for him this weekend and it hasn't been honestly for a while and also you know some of the guys in the middle of the lineup I mean Zach Humphrey's had a couple of hits but they're pretty much all singles they didn't get get one out of the yard all weekend until Sunday and that was Bobby Goodall that did that um in a pinch hit role uh Philip Sykes I he had one hit today I think that might have been his only hit of the weekend I and mean, he really struggled so when you know, when your best hitters are not hitting, then your your team's going to suffer. So that that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom here. I think this is a very good baseball team. They still have a chance to win the Big 12 if they take care of business against K-State, which the Wildcats are not a great team. You know, they beat Baylor on Saturday this weekend. They ended up losing two out of three, though, on Friday and Sunday, and they just got absolutely destroyed today. I think the final score was 23-3. to it's going to be on the road, though, so it's not going to be easy. I will say this, though. I mean, the reason TCU still has a chance to win this conference is because they've taken care of business against the bottom of the Big 12. Like, that's just the reality of it. They are 2-4 and four against um, TCU and Texas Tech, and I think they're 14-1 and one against the rest of the league. I mean, their only other loss was to Kansas. So they've done a great job taking care of business against teams that are not very good. And that will be the situation when they go into Manhattan in a couple weeks. They play a non-conference series against Louisiana Monroe starting this Friday at Lepton Stadium. Uh, Kendall Rogers from D1 still says they're in the national seed mix. We'll find that out this week because the NCAA is going to make those decisions early so teams can get their COVID protocols in order before fans show up. So they could host they, – they still have a good chance to host a regional in a super regional, which would, uh, which would be big and would be a good opportunity at Omaha. But they have to figure out this third starter situation, and they have to find a way to produce runs against top flight pitching. I mean, you know, they hit the ball pretty well in Lubbock. It's kind of a launch pad out there. They did not hit the ball this weekend against Texas. And when they played two out of three to open the season against SEC teams, they just couldn't get anything going offensively. They won that game against Mississippi State. I believe the final score was three to two. And the other two games, you know, they they got beat pretty soundly. They stayed with Arkansas for the majority of that one in the finale. But that lineup struggled. And they have to be better. They have to be better against top flight pitching if they're going to make a run. Um, we'll close up shop with, some, shop with some TCU soccer talk. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the planet. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, coconut brownie chunk is the best flavor. Cookies and cream is also really good. Peanut butter is really good. Recently, my wife found out that Built Bar is good for women that are pregnant or have had a baby recently. So we're going to be eating a lot of those when she has this baby. 
in about a month. We're going to have another child in their house in five weeks. That's really scary, guys. I don't know how that's going to go, but we're going to find out together. Um, we're we're going to find out together. I know I know you all care about that. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Get 20% off your next order. Again, it's delicious. It's healthy for you. Only 180 calories. Built Bar. Try it today. Before we go, I did want to point out um, TCU soccer. They fell in the lead eight tonight or this afternoon, one to nothing to Virginia. Uh, and it appeared, if you go on Twitter and look at the TCU soccer Twitter page, and uh, I know Frogs awarded a good job live tweeting that game. Um, Yasmeen Ryan had a chance to tie that game, and she kicked a ball off the top crossbar. And it looked like it bounced over the line. Like it hit the crossbar, it came down, and it sure looked like the whole ball was over the line. And it should have been counted a goal, but it was not. There is no review in um, NCAA Women's Soccer Championships. So that cost us overtime today. And and that was, I mean, it wasn't the whole reason TCU lost, but it was obviously a pretty huge moment um, that would have tied the game that was not allowed on what looked like a, a missed call, or at least, you know, in a normal situation, something that would have been would have been reviewed. But congrats to this soccer team. Um, they had a really incredible win on, uh, I guess it was Wednesday, and I feel like I talked about that in the pod, but Emily Alvarado was just unconscious during penalty kicks against Georgetown, uh, and they won the penalty kick shootout 3-1 to one and ended up advancing the – to the Elite Eight. They held their own against a good Virginia team today. I know it's a disappointing finish because they were the number four national seed and they thought they could get further. But uh, Eric Bell has worked wonders with that soccer program. And he's gotten them to a place where they're in the NCAA tournament every year. This year they made a nice little run. So we're going to keep covering them. Eric Bell's a great dude. Uh, those ladies worked their tails off to get to where they did. And Horn Frog Nation is proud of you. Locked on Horn Frogs is proud of you. Thank you for the sacrifices you made to play your round and make this year happen. That'll do it for today's edition of Locked on Horn Frogs. We will be back tomorrow. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, this podcast is your team every day. Thank you. I'll talk to you Tuesday.